Today on Next Steps, we're going to discuss how a Sunday morning service comes together, and we're going to discuss how God wants a relationship with each one of us. So listen in. Hey, welcome to Next Steps. I'm James Adcock. This is Miss Darby Bell Adcock. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I guess I shouldn't say good morning. I don't know when people are really listening to this. So yeah. good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is. Thank yeah. you for listening to Next Steps BBC and uh, those who are surrounding the BBC area there. So <laughs> so Darby, how are you doing? Have a good weekend? Yeah, we had trunk or treat and... Uh, there was 1,400 people there, which was a huge, huge success. So the youth group did really well. They were helping. Um, I think we had Fresh Faith Church as yeah, well come out yeah. and help as well. So I actually didn't know what Trunk or Treat was until I came he- here two years ago. Well, welcome to Star County. Yeah. yeah and uh, the big argument is, is it Trunk or Treat or is it Trunk and Treat? I've been asking so many people. Yeah, I think who you, depends upon who you talk to. I always say trunk and treat because there's always a trunk and there's always a treat. Yeah, you and, have to pick either and one. it's not like trunk or treat. So, it's, so that's the big argument. I don't know who's going to win in that argument, but that's well, nothing th- to do with yesterday or church or anything else going on. But just something happened to this here, weekend. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I did have a little one correct me very much. I, I was, I was like, I was asking another adult. I think, is it trunk or treat, or how do I spell this? Because I was trying to do something on social media, and a kid came up to me. He goes, "It's actually trunk or treat." Oh, there you go. So I, I, the I, kid has spoken and has the uh, movie Moses and the Ten Commandments. I have spoken, and thus it is written. That's right. So it's done. So, so yesterday, Darby, we had. Uh, uh, I thought we had a good day. Um, I thought, I thought worship led us into the message well. And, uh, do you have any thoughts about like yesterday you led worship? Mm -hmm. So what are some of your thoughts about leading into the message? I think it's important. This might be a little backwards for some people, but I think it's super important that the worship leader, whoever is doing that partners with the lead pastor. And, you know, and I've ran into some worship leaders and if you're one of these people, I'm sorry, I still love you. But, uh, (laughs) they, they kind of are like, Oh, I've got, you know, God's really spoken to me and I really have this, this vision. And there, there's a really nice place for that sometimes if, as long as you bounce it off of the head pastor. Um, but I, I really think that the worship leader partners with the lead pastor and you kind of get, what are you going to talk about and stuff? And, and it's all about, preparing people's heart to worship and getting into a place just you know posturing our hearts to just saying we're we're coming together congregationally and you know that is really kind of odd sometimes because I know some of us like to worship in our cars and and stuff but there's such an important piece of we're coming together um yeah I I find you know as a pastor I'm I'm standing there and obviously I'm I'm singing with the congregation but I think about however many people you have in the church and let's just say, you know, we have X amount of people in the church and we're all, it's like this, like this large funnel. We all kind of come in with different degrees and different angles. Here's where my life has been. Here's where my life seems to be going or all these different things happening. And I feel like between the worship team and the lead worshiper that day and the pastor, we're trying to get everybody down to the, to the, to the thinnest part of the, Mm -hmm. the funnel. And, and the idea of that is how do we get them to Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing, at least from my perspective as a pastor, at least when I'm speaking, and I think probably for worship as well, is how do mm-hmm. we bring people to Jesus? And I, and I thought, I thought yesterday, I know we did a new song. We did, we did. And we kind of mixed in some hymns with uh, that new song at the end there toward before I preached. Yeah. 
I thought that all went well. Did you feel that? Yeah, I did. I did. I think I think anytime, you know, when you have a congregation such as ourselves that we we do have um, some younger families, which, you know, they enjoy the new stuff or, you know, and, and you know, the people, what do you call it? There are seasoned saints that, uh, mm-hmm. seasoned saints. Um, I know you guys enjoy the new stuff as well, but also we're, you know, you've got different generations in a church and I just think it's, it's really important to not just go, you know, new songs are great, but if we, we can honor people you know I know some people are like this is the song that I got saved with and I really you know or I know this and for an older generation or a more experienced generation um some of these older hymns are really that that's how that that's how they they can worship fully because they know that song they you know they've so much of their Christian journey has been that way so I all that to say I just I think it's really important if you're gonna shepherd people well into a place of worship is just honoring where people are at So we did with with a new song and having it be kind of hymn like and then we did uh nothing but the blood and then I keep saying Christ is my firm foundation, but that is that's the song that we did. <laughs> yeah. On Christ a solid rock on I Christ stand. Christ a solid rock, yep. yeah. You know, I was I was standing there yesterday as we were singing and I had this thought all week as I was preparing for this message and and, and excuse me, in Genesis one and two. And and I and I find sometimes that Maybe as a pastor, I can be guilty of this, and maybe other pastors listen may agree or disagree, but do we always bring people to Jesus, or are we just giving information? Mm-hmm. And what I mean information, I mean, it's good information, it's biblical information, but, and, and I, I was listening to the songs yesterday and singing along too, and I thought, how many how many songs bring people to Jesus, and how many songs just talk about Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't, I don't, not really expecting an answer there, but that was just some of my thoughts this week as I was preparing for this messages in Genesis one, two, and three, knowing I was going to be hitting topics of God and his definition, but how do we bring people to that defining moment of, I need Jesus. Yeah. And I don't know if, is that a purpose of worship? I think, well, you know, if we look at the definition of worship, I I've heard it said this way, and I really have have clung to it. It's we also said worship, and that's bringing anything that we have of worth to God, yeah. um, to Jesus. And you know, is it to like just come to that place of like I need Jesus? You know, sometimes worship can be used for you know people that are far from Jesus and that, you know, they are coming in and worship is is anything that's bringing worth to Jesus. I, I feel like that's. That's a whole loaded question. It is. I've done many funerals and there seem to be like key songs that people like, whether people know Jesus or don't know Jesus, Yeah. we need amazing grace. And amazing grace seems to echo to people who love Jesus and people who don't really live for Jesus. Um, in the garden is another one, you know, and it, it's, it's not like one of my favorite songs, but people just like, can we have in the garden and can Elvis sing it? <laughs> and like, that makes it even more special. Um, but and then the question is, you know, even with that too, which this this is a whole we could do a whole episode on worship for this this kind of thing too. But then is that is Elvis and in the garden is that bring people closer to Jesus? Is, is that I need a Jesus moment? Yeah, you know, and that's the I guess that's the great question because sometimes I'm amazed by I want this song and I want it by this person because it makes me feel closest to Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I'm, and music is powerful. I, I heard it's the it's the it's the language of the soul. 
Um, you said worship or worth ship. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. But I think that brings us all to this kind of this, this moment of what I've been struggling with to some degree too, is how do we get the messages there mm-hmm. without, we want to give biblical information. We want to give people direction, but I want to get people to Jesus. Yeah. And how do, how do we continue to refine that to some people are getting to Jesus? Well, I think it's great even, you know, going to your message on Sun on, you know, yesterday on Sunday is that, you know, he's a relationship, he's a relational God. Like we, yeah. he wants to have a relationship with us. And, um, I think we can go into that here, but just to kind of dial it back for a second, I think it's super important with, with worship. And again, we really should give this a whole episode. Um, but with worship, it's super important to remember as a congregation and even as worship leaders or people, um, who are on the worship team, you know, there are a lot of things that we have preferences with, you know, of like, I really in the garden, Elvis chef's kiss, like (laughs) I'm closer to Jesus, you know, but for somebody in a, you know, in a different camp, that's like, oh my word, that's like nails on a chalkboard to me, you know? And I just think it's super important to remember our, just kind of separating, there are our preferences and there are songs that we love to worship with. And that's not, you know what, I'm not knocking any of that, but just the importance of remembering as a congregation, like, you know, this is something that's a little bit in, in depth here, but we're not coming to, yes, we're coming to get filled, but church isn't all about us. It's right. not me. It's not about me coming in of like, ah, oh, I've got to hear this song. Christ alone, you know, whatever song it is, I've got to hear it. And if I can't hear it, I can't worship, you know? And I think it's super important to remember that we are, that's why when we're talking about like posturing, coming into a place of like, fix your eyes on the one who can like this, yeah. this is Jesus. He's a relational God. Um, I just, I just think it's so important to point people to Jesus and really separate what is our preference and what is the power of, man, I don't really know this song very well, but I'm, th- this is what's happening with the body today. We're worshiping yeah. together. And maybe this is a good place to say, hey, subscribe to this podcast and two, ask your own questions about worship. Maybe we can come back to that and have a full yeah, episode yeah. on worship. And I, I'd like to hear people's ideas. I mean, obviously people are, it's, it's one of those topics in church to get people pretty hot underneath the collar pretty quick if it's surrounding music and stuff but you know i've always had people say can we sing this song but i've never had someone say can you preach this message again Mm. you know and and not i'm not i'm not saying that as a negative but you know there seems to be like when it comes to sunday i hope that we always preach something not something new but maybe something different and then, but, but when it comes to music, it's like, can we go back to the old stuff? Can we go back to the, the song that I love? Can we yeah. sing it this way? And, um, I just find all that very interesting. Yeah. In today's church. Stay tuned for a whole episode on, on this topic, but yeah. I even think for, for the, the preaching for messages and, you know, I feel like you should be speaking to this one, but I, you know, as long and as this is what you do, you know, you're talking about how do we, you know, how do we get people to, to want Jesus more? I just, I think as long as you're, you're pointing people to Jesus and I know that it's like, you know, you've, how many messages can we have, you know, can you have of that? But I, you know, on Sunday, you know, you're talking about relational relational pieces Mm -hmm. and would you go ahead and tell us about because we were in genesis 2 yeah right and you were talking about how things need i have it right here things there were things that were needed in order to survive and you had a few examples yeah we had genesis 1 we 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 dealt with god as elohim which uh, aspect of elohim is god can judge so god created he saw that it was good we use the word tov the hebrew word tov and 
and uh, it was it was good. So Genesis two comes in, and it's like a rehash of Genesis one, but it's it's written different, and it's written different because God's name is Lord God, which is Jehovah and Yahweh, and as a result of that, God builds Genesis two. Everything is built off one another. The earth needs the heavens. The earth needs man. The garden needs man to tend it. Man names animals. Man needs woman. <laughs> you know, it sounds like cave talk here, but but that's yeah. everything's built upon a relationship, and it's just kind of boom, boom, boom. And why is that? Why did the Hebrews write this way? Why, why was it in such formation this way? And I think it's describing an attribute of God that yeah. we often miss. Yes, God judges. That's what we see. That's what all... I think everybody's kind of focused in on 2022. God's a God to judge. He's going to judge these people. He's going to judge this group. But God's also a relationship God. Mm -hmm. You know, David said the Lord is my shepherd. That's relationship. And so here's God describing himself, Lord God, I want a relationship with you. And let me show this to you. Everything that I have created has a relationship to something else. And I just thought that was huge to bring over yesterday. I thought that was great. I don't know that I I had really chewed on that piece of just that everything has a relationship with with each other you know and you can say it one one thing needed the other but I I just think that's a beautiful picture of how intricately relationship is important you know relationships are important to God we kicked it off Wednesday night in our we call it refuel at at BBC but whatever um, our midweek service and I spoke on what is the meaning of life and I didn't, I didn't use Genesis 1 and 2 because I was going off a question that was asked in a podcast I was listening with a rabbi, David Foreman, and he's talking about what is the meaning of life. And, and so I was reading some of the text, and it was almost like God spoke to me, like, You're, you've missed something here, James. And I'm looking at it, and all through Genesis 1, there's only one name. Mm-hmm. It's God. It's, El- it's Elohim. I thought, okay, that's, that's okay. And then I got to chapter two, verse four, and God's name changed. Now it's Lord God. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's, that's different. Yeah. And it's like, it's like someone coming to me and saying, Hey dad, that's one relationship. Someone come to me and saying, Hey pastor, that's a different relationship. Someone else may come. Hey James, that's a, maybe a friend or an acquaintance. That's a, those are three different relationships. Yeah. None of them bad. None of them different or better than the other, but just relationship and i think god's describing himself saying hey i want you to see me as the god who can judge okay i gotcha the god who wants a relationship with you and then we come to genesis 3 and it's like let me show you how this let me show you how these two interact yeah and, and so that's what we tried to do yesterday and and tried to express that in a way that was hopefully people are like oh i'm i'm getting who god is and what god wants for me yeah and I, I thought this was super interesting that you brought this up too of, you know, can you go into a little bit more of the, when Eve was talking to the serpent yeah. and uh, just how that serpent lied and the name of God that was used at that moment? You know, when we find ourselves in situations where, how how do we make ourselves look best in situations? And I think that's what Satan did. He manipulated, he deceived. The Bible says he's the most uh, cunning of creatures. And he comes in and he comes in one angle and he comes in with, hath God said? Has Elohim said? Has the God who judges said? And Eve doesn't even pick, I, you know, Eve picks up on it to a certain degree, but she's, she in turn says, well, God has said, if we touch this tree, we're going to die. You know, and so almost like, 
the God who judges says, if I even touch this, I'm dead. That God never said that. Mm-hmm. But that's what she said. And it's this one aspect of God judges. Mm-hmm. And there's so much debate about, was there a talking serpent or wasn't it? Was there this or was there that? That's not the point. Yeah. The point is, here's the open door to sin. And it's a result of someone not comprehending God's name fully. The Lord, God doesn't even come into the picture until after the sin. Yeah. And I think that's just a perfect picture of, this is mentioned on Sunday, and we just we talked about like how similar does that look to our world today, you know, of just, it's so common to hear people be like, you know, God is just this God that's just up there and judging. And, and again, that's the same lie that we see in the garden. People today, hey, would you come to church with me Sunday? Oh, if I came to church, the roof would fall in, right? You know, I actually didn't hear that until I moved here. That's the first time. <laughs> so but it's, start, it's true. They do maybe say Maybe it's it. a start county saying. I don't know. But, <laughs> but hey, the roof's going to fall in, all right? What's that saying? It's saying God's going to judge the church because you walked into it? God's going to judge you because you walked into yeah. it? I mean, we have this idea of people live a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Well, God's going to judge them. You know, oh, you lied. Oh, God's going to judge you. And we're taught that we're taught that God's a judge. He's going to judge. He is going to judge. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. We're, there's consequences for our behavior, choices, mm-hmm. and sins. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing the fact that we're one-sided. Mm-hmm. That we talk so heavily on God judges, but we don't talk heavily heavier on just as heavy as I should say mm-hmm. on the side of God wants a relationship with you. Yeah, the Lord God, Yahweh, Jehovah. Yeah, and. We see this all the way through, I mean, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible and throughout this redemptive line that, you know, let me, let me use an example. People said, we want a king like all the other nations. So they, they picked, God said, okay, they can pick their king. They picked King Saul. When Saul was finally rejected by God, God said, let me pick a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. A person has a relationship with me. Yeah. You know, and I think about Peter, James, and John, what they have with Jesus? This inner sanctum of the of the twelve disciples, they had this relationship with Jesus. John writes in his own gospel, "I am the disciple whom Jesus loved." Yeah, I, I just think, I think we focus so heavy on God judges without balancing that with God wants a relationship. And then there's other people out there who balance so heavy on God loves without God judging. Sure, sure. So I mean, it's a kind of a double-edged sword, but I think we have to have a balance. There, And I, I always, you know, anytime we come to a really, really hefty conversation or, you know, people are like, oh, is it this way? Is it this way? I, I truly believe, and I, you know, I know people hash this out, but just there is just a holistic truth. Like that is, you know, what, is, what does it say? Truth, it, it's it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates to even d- to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. And I just, I I know in our humanity, we want to sit and debate that kind of stuff. But anytime I hear it, it's like, well, is it more this way? Is it more this way? I There's always truth in there that's, yeah. that's fully balanced in there. Yeah, I mean, you, one of the most controversial topics we have today is creation Mm. you know people well was it evolution was it the big bang was it the creation story as we read in genesis 1 and 2 and people want to debate all these different angles well what if we just take the debate out of the question and say okay what was the purpose Mm -hmm. and the purpose was god created people to have a relationship with Mm -hmm. and we lose that purpose in our in our quest for trivia and i think we throw confusion out to people yeah. 
and I'm not saying let's not debate truth. Please, please don't yeah. misunderstand what I'm saying here. But I think sometimes we we focus so heavy on well, I'm a six day God created and seven day rested. God rested, or I'm six thousand years and then one thousand years God rested, or I'm in the gap theory, or I'm yeah. all these different things out there. And and we and we get people lost like what's gap theory? What's thousand year type stuff? Yeah. And, and we lose focus on, wait a minute, God created this earth so he can have a relationship with you. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And there's a place for that. You know, don't hear us wrong. There's a place to talk about that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and, called college. Yeah, it's, it's a scholarly uh, environment or, or people who, you know, who really love that, have a passion for it, you know, so don't hear us. There, There is a place for that. But most often, you know, we're wanting to talk with other believers about this kind of stuff. And, and we just kind of forget that, you know, I didn't even know what gap theory was until... Don't say Stark County. No, 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 no. It was like, I think it was like two years ago. But there are things out there that are just like, wait a second, what? And then it, it does. It causes confusion. And uh, it doesn't bring us closer to, to the one who brings peace, you know? I find we, we get ourselves in trouble when we try to fill a hole that God never intended for us to fill. Mm-hmm. There's just some things that we don't, we don't know. Yeah. When did Satan fall? I don't know. Yeah. You know, why did, well, you know, I mean, we know why he fell. He was prideful. Yeah. But this brought thing and i know we're kind of coming close here but i didn't bring this out yesterday but i thought did satan only bring about the aspect of god judging because that's all god does with angels that's a great question i don't know i mean angels don't have a chance to repent yeah where god gave the human race opportunity for relationship we can repent we can be forgiven angels can't yeah satan doesn't know the relationship side he only knows the judgment side that's i've never thought about that and i didn't bring that up yesterday because i was like if i bring this up it's going to, it's, it's, it's yeah. a huge topic and it's also a huge debating topic about that because I don't know if we ever come to a point where like, okay, here's the, here's the balance on that. Yeah. But it's just a thought I had is like Satan has a angel of God who hovered over the throne of God, who was brought down the kind of reflected the Shekinah glory of God, who's the most beautiful angel ever created. And when he lifted himself up against God, God said, okay, you're done. You're out. Yeah. There was no forgiveness. So for Satan to come to Eve, he came from the only angle he knew of God. Yeah. And do you think that may be the way people are today? Oh, my word. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that just say, like, this is, it's it's judgment, you know? Yeah. And so people are like, well, God can't love me because, um, you know, you fill in the blank. Yeah. And they're only coming from an angle of who they know of God. Yeah. And it's our job as believers to give the full balance of who God is. Yeah. Is God a God of judgment? Absolutely. Is God a God of relationship? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that was huge when God come into the garden after Adam and Eve, they're in their nakedness, they're in their shame, and it's the Lord God walked into the garden. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was huge. And I and again, as we're, we're wrapping up here, just I, I really hadn't thought of that, of just uh, everything, the way that God created everything, it was that he had... A relation everything had a relationship with with each other you know it just could have gone a different way like god could there are so many things that god could have done yeah but i i think the question again is so what does this tell me about god and this is something that we learn about because we i think we said this in our first or second podcast like ask these questions like that that question about that you asked that's a great question to ask we ask questions of the text so we can better know yeah. um but i one thing that we really studied when we had the chance to go to Israel and uh, our teacher got to explain to us is we so often look at the text and we ask, or maybe I'm actually 
I think it was this time. Um, but we look at the text and it's like, well, what does this tell us about me? What is this passage? Sure. What is it, you know, even yeah. for, even for what you were talking about of, of that kind of, um, like the judgment and all that kind of stuff. It's like, what does this tell tell me about me or our, our world today? And we can get so, um, we can just go off in so many different directions. But the question that we really should be asking the text when we're going in is what does this tell us about God? Yeah. And what does this tell us about our character? And I just think the more that we ask that of what does this tell us that all these things were made with relationships with each other? Yeah. And I know we're closing here, but let me say this. We have Genesis 1. Elohim, God judges. Mm-hmm. We have Genesis 2. We have Lord God, I want a relationship with you. We have Genesis 3. Satan says, God judges. We have verse 8. Lord, I want a relationship with you, walks in. And we have, and what I'm sharing with you is like Genesis 1 is God judges. Genesis 2, God has a relationship with us, but it's reverse. When God comes, he comes and he shares the relationship first. Mm-hmm. I want to restore you, Genesis 3.15. Mm-hmm. And then he's the God who judges. Adam, you're going to have sweat by your brow. Eve, you're going to have pain and childbearing. And the earth is going to bring forth thorns. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost like God reverses all of a sudden. He's like, I introduced myself as a judge, but I want to introduce myself after you sin as a God who wants a relationship with you. Yeah. And it shows us his mercy and grace. And I, you know, last week we had uh, challenged you guys of just we were, how do you spend more time with God and stuff. And if you guys have kind of stepped into that, or if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and watch watch that other episode there. But we were just talking about taking five, ten minutes of your coffee time away from your kids, away from the, you know, I know you got to get to work and stuff, but taking ten minutes to just listen to that still small voice and just kind of building on that. If just asking the question, are you believing the lie that was a- that was asked in the garden? Uh, just or or said in the garden of just is God really who He says He is yeah. or is He is He judging and and just kind of ask yourself that like am I believing that lie of of God just wants to judge me because yeah. and, and to know this of of God wants a relationship with you He wants He wants to cry with you He wants to carry your hurts and and your joys and and be be your friend be be, be your shepherd mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. well Darby it's been a great talk yeah talk. I should say. I haven't yeah. finished my coffee. I haven't touched it once. And I thought I've, there's a few things I'm like, man, I got to do my coffee. <laughs> so, but uh, Hey, thank you for listening. In. These are mm-hmm. next steps with uh, James Adcock and Miss Darby Bell Adcock mm-hmm. as well. Thank you for listening this morning. Hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm. See you next week.